Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing quite well. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing just ducky. And if you're looking for a part for your car named Ducky, you need to go to rockauto.com, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, uh, Jimmy, here we are in the middle of a pandemic during a tumultuous time in our country full of social up upheaval. And it's a shitty time. Football. It's a shitty time. And we can say that. it's just a shitty time. And football is right around the corner here in August. And I'm starting this show off, by God, with some good basketball news. Everybody welcome Mr. John Petty back to the team. Woo! Sideshow. I call him Sideshow. Sideshow B. That's right. I call him Sideshow. And I, I figure only you get that because, you know, we're the Simpsons people here. And uh, his hair looks exactly like Sideshow Bob to me from the Simpsons. So I call him Sideshow, but I do it out of respect and love because uh, it's kind of crazy because I got a lot of favorites and I don't know that anyone will ever replace James Robinson as my favorite Alabama basketball player. I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but man, I love John Petty and, and it has nothing to do with, I, I just, I like, I, w w we have seen, this is what I like. He was basically a five-star. I don't think he was a five-star in every service, but, but he, for Alabama basketball, he's a five-star. He was very highly recruited. From in-state guy, in-state, so he's 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 one of our homeboys from Huntsville, and like a lot of players in recruiting, because I see this all the time, especially in football. You know, is that you're a little overrated? I mean, so many football players are, so many basketball players. I think when Petty came to Alabama, he's probably a little overrated because there were so many holes in his game. He wasn't a complete player by any means, and what he does best, which is shoot the basketball, he's very streaky. So he's not even really consistent with that. But what we have seen, Luke, what I've seen over three years is a kid that worked at it and improved. He, every year, John Petty is a little bit better. And some of it comes from maturity, but really I think what it comes from is hard work. And now, now he is living up to what I think his, his, his recruiting buzz was all about. I, th I think Petty's turned into – almost a complete player. He plays really hard on the defensive end. Uh, I, I would say he's more unselfish now. I would say he shoots the ball with more consistency than he did as a freshman. All that's really left is ball handling, which is big. If he wants to play in the NBA, that's huge. But uh, he's become a leader. He's a good kid. He's really proud of his own kid. He appears to be a real loving father. Uh, I just, he's, he's just my favorite, not just on this team, but he's He's one of my favorite players, and that's because for a kid that came in with a lot of laurels, he didn't rest on him. He's worked. He, he He's a better player every year, and I really like that about him. Yeah, and that's a good call on James Robinson being your favorite player. I'd, I'd say James and Robert Ory are up there for me. I got a good Robert Ory story I'll tell you in just a little bit. But uh, so the thing about Petty's coming back, and, and you're right, all the things you said are absolutely right, that he was – he was an Alabama five-star, not a Kentucky five-star. And yeah. I'm not – that's not throwing stones at anybody. That's just to say he wasn't DeMarcus Cousins. Um, he, he wasn't Eric Bledsoe. And, um, you know, that's okay. I mean, the, again, hey, nobody is going to go further. If this program gets kicked off the way we think it's about to get kicked off, 
John Petty is going to be one of the, the founding fathers of the new era of Alabama basketball. And I think he will be some people's favorite player. And the thing about um, when he came in as a freshman, he also came into a system that was he was probably promised one thing, just like the rest of us in terms of what we all thought Avery Johnson was going to do. Hey, buckle up, you know, get ready. Don't worry about the shot clock. Shit, no, we didn't have to worry about the shot clock. No need to look at it until there were six seconds to go because there was no reason. I mean, you weren't going to shoot it. We probably and turned it, over the ball. Also, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> it's it's it was it was a bad fit for him. And now with this Nate Oates thing, you know, you got a, a, a dish and a, a driving dish kind of guy like Kyra Lewis who can speed up the court, and then he can sling it back out to the three-point line, and there's John Petty just waiting on it. And you're right about him improving his game. This isn't to say John Petty hadn't improved his game because he certainly has, but he's improved mostly in the area of making people at least respect his ability to dribble. Um, Nobody respected it for a while. Nobody, not, not a big man that happened to get switched on him, nothing. And now you got to respect it a little bit more. And he's, he has enough quickness to give a, a, a quick step and then a step back using that dribble and pop a three over somebody who's bigger than he is. Um, Petty has come a long way. There's no doubt. I got to call him in high school and I can tell you he is, he's come a a really, really long way. And I'm very, very proud of him. I'm super ecstatic. He's coming back. The only thing this guarantees though, is there will be no goddamn basketball this year. Uh, because something good happens to Alabama basketball and the Lord takes it away. That's just how this thing works. We've learned to deal with it. Um, And unfortunately, I think we can all kiss the college basketball season goodbye. At the very least, (laughs) I would be shocked, shocked, I tells you, if Alabama and and anybody else competes in the Maui Invitational. Would you not be? Uh, At this point, I would be extremely surprised if the Maui Invitational (laughs) happened, but it's a long ways away. We'll see what happens with the vaccine. We'll see what happens with continued therapies. And I'm not ruling it out, but, oh, if we had to bet today, I would say, no, that Maui invitational is not happening. And, and uh, you know, I made a post earlier today on, on Crimson Country Club, the website that Luke and I blog upon. And, you know, really sometimes when you just look at it in writing, you know, you have a thought in your head, then you, you put it out in writing and really look at it. It helps you even understand your own thoughts better. I could not be more excited about this basketball team. I'm leading the charge. I'm not the one saying put the brakes on. I'm saying this team can maybe win the SEC. This team can not only make the NCAA tournament, but get in the tournament and be dangerous to anyone they play. They could make it to the Sweet 16. They could make it further than that. That's how I honestly feel about this roster and this team and the way this is trending. But, 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 Here I am violating about 50 of my own personal rules. Number one being, there are seven players on this roster, seven, that have not played a single minute of college basketball. Seven, or or big-time college basketball. Uh, We could go over them now, but, you know, between Rojas, Gary, Primo, Keon Ellis, Darius Miles, Keon Ambrose Hilton, and I think I'm leaving out one or two. Though uh, uh, Chiku, Alec Chiku, they haven't played one minute. And here I am going, we're going to the final four. Hey, look, it, no one recruits better in football than Alabama, Nick Saban. 
And we're going to have some freak freshmen on the field this fall, like Will Anderson and, and maybe Bryce, Bryce Young. Uh, you know, uh, Javon Baker has been really impressive in these practices. We're going to have freak freshmen every year. But when you just expect freshmen to be great that have never played, you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. And I, and I worry that me, myself, I'm not blaming fans. I'm blaming myself. Seven over half the roster has not played a single minute in, of big-time college basketball. And then two other guys were depending on to carry us to the SEC championship. One of them has played in the Ivy League, has never played 18 games against SEC athletes. As a matter of fact, he was playing in the most unathletic conference in the entire country. And the other kid who's going to be our starting point guard and play over 30 minutes a game, he's never been a starter before. And again, I'm not sitting here saying Quinterly's not going to be good or Bruner's not going to be good. Of course, they're going to be pretty good. And of course, I mean, I think they are going to be good. But here, here I am saying, oh, we're going to win the SEC. This team has question marks from here to up. They just haven't played a lot. We have four guys back from last year's team, four. And they all played a lot of minutes. So they're experienced, but experienced at what? We weren't making the NCAA tournament last year. So I'm just saying. Did you, are you calling me from a loading dock? Where the hell are you? <laughs> I'm downstairs in my building, and they're freaking working on the road out my front door. So let's move to another location. <laughs> yeah, but I was no, going to say, building. you really need to. Hey, look, okay, while you're doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute you and tell everybody about Rock Auto. <laughs> Uh, Rock Auto, people, go check them out. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O, rockauto.com. You know the jingle. You know the people. Actually, I'm giving them a bonus live read in this one because I just realized I'm not even supposed to do a live read. So we're about to do two other commercials. But before I do those commercials, go check out rockauto.com. All right, Jimmy, one other basketball thing of note. Um I, you probably didn't get to see it today because uh, most everybody didn't get to see it today. I mean, the NBA has this weirdo schedule right now because, you know, they have this bubble and they've got teams playing at one o'clock on a Tuesday and shit like that. And apparently, well, not apparently, I know it happened because I saw it. Uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee played today. And the interesting thing there is Dante Hall is now on the Brooklyn Nets. And I, I didn't know Brooklyn was in the playoff hunt, but it looks like they could end up being like the number eight seed or something like that, which would be cool because that means Dante Hall would match up against the Greek freak, which he did today. He and the Greek freak, uh, Atakimpuko, I, I hope I'm saying that right. They Close got enough. sort of, they got mixed up a little bit today. Uh, there was, there was a fight for a rebound or a shot went in the air and uh, Giannis sort of grabbed, uh, Dante, it looked like, and Dante sort of grabbed him back, and then Dante pushed him to the floor. Now, Dante had all the leverage, uh, so it's not like he just completely outmuscled the kid. But Giannis gets up and does one of those, hold me back, you know, I'm going to blank you up, I'm going to do – and he told the official, I'm going to blank him up and all this other stuff. And you could see Dante Hall over there just standing there looking like nodding his head like, now y'all, y'all just go ahead and let him go. I mean, it, Greeks can I can fight a Greek. I don't care. And um, Dante Hall is from Luverne, Alabama. He ain't worried about no Greek freak. He had plenty of guys that look like the Greek freak that he's probably tussled with in his time. So I have a feeling that Dante Hall is one of those cats that yeah, he's he's lanky and he's tall. So you think okay, you uh, maybe I, he's not going to be quite as strong. He's a little bit stretched out. That boy looks country strong to me. 
Yeah, I did see it. I, I mean, obviously, I didn't see it live. I, I just saw the highlight uh, of, of, of that <laughs> happening. And uh, I think it's really cool. Not not the, the fight itself, but what's cool to me is, I mean, <laughs> who had Dante Hall in the NBA? I mean, I, I, you could see some potential. You could see because you're not, you know, not everybody is born with his length and, and he's a, he's a, a surprising athlete. I mean, he's, he'll kind of surprise you with how athletic he is. I just didn't think he had enough offensive moves, nor was he, even though the NBA would, would be interested in his body defensively. I wasn't sure he had proven to be an elite defensive player in the sec. So I, I'm a little, I'm not shocked. I'll just say a little surprised at Dante's NBA success, if you want to call it that way. But what I really like about this is, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's about to be named MVP for for a second year. He's one of the league's superstars in a league full of stars. You know, Giannis is is he's on the short list with LeBron and James Harden. You know, in terms of like, you know, Anthony Davis, who who are the stars of the NBA. Giannis is on any short list, and there's Dante Agreed. Hall saying, "I don't, I don't, I don't care." I mean, <laughs> Dante's like, "I'll fight him." I'll I'll push him to the ground. And when I watched what actually happened, uh, I thought Anatomko totally overreacted. Of course, now I oh, thought there's no doubt. I thought Anatomko created the contact. I mean, in terms of who initiated the roughness of the contact, it was it was him. It was the freak that did that. Now Dante finished it. And did Dante give him a shove that maybe he shouldn't have? Eh, maybe so. He might even get a little fine, maybe. I, I, I don't know. He, I'm not defending Dante's shove at the end, but Anatomko was no innocent victim. He, he, initiate, he initiated the roughness of their tussle. That started with the freak, not Dante. And also, that's just one of those things where when you're a superstar and you built like the Greek freak, I mean, look, you don't ever expect anybody to ever screw with you. It, the the Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal comes to mind. When he and Barkley got in a fight that time, there's no way Shaq thought, hey, this guy ain't going to screw with me. But Barkley just didn't give a damn because he's from Leeds, Alabama. And Dante's from Luverne, Alabama. He hadn't been to Greece. He didn't give a shit. He didn't know anything about Apollo or Athena or Zeus or none of them. And so he doesn't give a shit. He, he'll just pop pop your ass just like anybody else. Now, I'm, I don't know who'd really win a fight. I just know Dante Hall would not back down. And that is the kind of play that is going to garner him some respect on that basketball team. There is no yep. doubt in yep. my mind that that's Around the one of those bad boy moments. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you, somebody else had a good point on – somebody had a good point on Twitter that isn't it funny that – the team known for having the bad boys basically gave up on Dante Hall, who's already made the baddest boy play of the NBA bubble so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, great. Um, anyway, anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, now, the other, a couple other things. I want to tell you my Robert Ory story here to, in this second part of this. Um, I don't. I may have told it before, but I when I played basketball at Alabama, I didn't play for Alabama, but when I was uh, at Alabama and I played all the time. Uh, when I was a senior, I took a bunch of, I mean, I had basically graduated. So I, t- I took a bunch of coaching basketball and, you know, basket weaving and all that shit that Joe Namath took. You know, I took all those classes because that's all I had left. And um, so I was at the rec all the time, man. I mean, like I lived at the rec. I didn't party. I just, I played basketball all day. Well, one day, uh, Robert Ory, who at the time he must have been, 
he's a little older than me, so he probably was like in his second year in the league. Maybe he was a rookie. I, I can't remember. Well, he comes in, and he brings what looks like I, I thought was a ventrilo- ventriloquist dummy with him. I mean, this short little dude who just talks shit the whole time. And so Robert Ori and that dude were on one team, and I was on the other team. And, you know, we both had some – you know, obviously they had Ori. So, I mean, and, and if Ori wanted to score, none of us could have stopped him. But his his thing was, I'm just going to shit out here and shoot threes um, and, you know, get occasional rebounding. If, we, if this thing gets close, I'll pull away. But we were all, you know, playing pretty hard. Well, that little shit he brought with him kept talking so much smack. I mean, he kept talking smack. And so the, he gets the ball, like, on a breakaway. And I block his shot, and I don't say anything. I just block his shot, you know, and I just – whatever. And he said, I can't believe you did that. I cannot believe you just did that to me. Robert, swat his shit next time. And, you know, or he just or he just sort of looked at him like, what? Okay, so two game minutes go by, you know, two real live minutes go by, and I get a breakaway. And I'm, I've sort of got it, and I, I get past my man at half court, and I go to just like finger roll it. And I'm talking, it was like Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, stretched <laughs> from half court and blocked my shot onto the old running track. At the old rec center, there was a track that you ran around above the basketball court. And right, you could jog and watch basketball. He, he swatted my shit on to the track i mean i was like holy shit i mean i mean but anyway that was my robert what an honor. moment you know it's an honor oh it's an honor yeah i was honored i mean i guess i mean whatever well, you're talking but, about um, uh robert Ory's blocked more shots than any basketball player in the history of university of alabama and they don't even count that one that's the shame yeah, that is that is true they should count that one. they should count Wait that one we should add one more just on that story does he have the? I'm gonna have to look that up yeah, now. I thought Roy Rogers had the record now, but he no. does. It's, it's, it's I think still career Robert block Ory? shots. It's still Robert Ory. I, I'm I'm almost positive. But I you thought, know, Roy Rogers had several games where he blocked like ten or eleven shots. Oh, Roy, you know, Roy's <laughs> senior year, he was the best shot blocker I've ever seen at Alabama. Uh, his senior year, uh, but it was just that one year. I mean, people don't remember because they hear Roy Rogers, and I think he was a first round pick. Uh, in, in the NBA, but uh, Roy Rogers was basically a bench player getting very few minutes in his career. And then there was some attrition and some graduation. Then all of a sudden he had to play a bunch of minutes and the more minutes yep. he played, the better he got. And it was like, who is this guy? Um, and, and he you was know what Roy Rogers double. is, right? Roy Rogers basically is Dante Hall, maybe not quite as tough, but a better scorer. But Dante Hall, here's the other thing. When um, my cohorts with the HSA Radio Network went to call the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star basketball game, um, they looked at Dante Hall and they said, okay, well, here he comes out of the tunnel. And, you know, he's kind of kind of lanky, you know. The first thing he did was, like, jump flat-footed and touch some portion of the building that had to be 11 feet tall. And And my friend said, oh, my God, I don't care about the rest of it now. You know, when you can jump that far, somebody's going to figure out something to do with you. And yeah. so today, he his stat line was pretty incredible for the for the Nets today. He had like eight rebounds. Um, he didn't play that many minutes. He had like twelve yeah. minutes or ten minutes or something. And he had four points, both dunks, and he was over two from the foul line. That sounds exactly. That's a, that sounds like uh, what if he you did just it showed out. me that's, that. that 
That's his Alabama stat line playing 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, if somebody if somebody took if somebody what's that police sketch artist? If somebody went to a police sketch artist and said, I don't know what he looks like, line. but he had he had eight rebounds, he was over two from the foul line, two for four from the field with two dunks. I'd be like, Oh God, you're looking for Dante Hall. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that that's, awesome. that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. That, no, that's yeah. I mean, comparing Dante to Roy Rogers is a good example in terms of. I mean, Roy was a first round pick, and Dante was a no round pick, and Dante is a better athlete. I would say Dante is more athletic than Roy Rogers ever was. And when you're looking at so the, the frustration with Dante at Alabama is why aren't you Roy Rogers? Why aren't you Roy yeah. Rogers? You're more athletic than he is. And somehow in his senior year, Roy Rogers turned into a triple-double fiend. Now his triple-double was always 10 block shots, 14 rebounds, and 9.6 points. I mean, he would barely yeah. make it with the points because Roy wasn't a good scorer. But he was such a hustle player on the defensive end. He just snatched rebounds and blocked shots like crazy. And, and Dante should have been that guy. Maybe, maybe, because as a recruiting guy, I cannot stress to you guys enough how much this happens, but maybe Dante will turn into Roy Rogers now. Maybe he just couldn't yeah. do it in four years. Maybe he needed six years. And maybe in year two, year three, in professional basketball, he turns into – because it, it just took that long with him. And that does happen. Not every kid progresses at the exact same rate as we want or expect. It just takes some kids longer, and it takes some kids never. Well, and you're absolutely right. Dante Hall is so much more freakishly athletic. I mean, obviously, Roy Rogers could dunk, but Dante can do some funky shit with the ball. And that that alley-oop where with Colin Sexton in that Auburn game um, that was ridiculous. I mean, that's just that was just a just a, a fantastic play. I mean, he he was a joy to watch, and I'm I'm thankful that he is getting his opportunity. I mean, Absolutely. imagine how much of a badass he's going to be in Lou Vern. I mean, when's the last time? Uh, I guess Michael Rogers may have had a cup of coffee in the NFL, um, and and his brother who played in uh, Auburn played in the NFL for a minute. Those maybe. Parsons, but, the Parsons are all from the Persons. I mean, <laughs> the Persons are from Laverne. Uh, well, Brantley, Trump, Person and, they played at Brantley, but that, though. I, I guess they did. That's just right next to Laverne, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I At mean, I know. I, sure. I guess they're not from Laverne. I guess. It's, oh, I know he's from Laverne. Or isn't um, Auburn star uh, Aubrey Wiley? I believe he was not Aubrey. Yeah. What, what, what's what's the Wiley kid? It was Aubrey. Aubrey. His dad. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wiley it was Austin Wiley is who you're thinking of, but Aubrey yeah. Wiley was. Aubrey the is the dad, and yeah, I think Aubrey's from Laverne. I think so. Hmm, he might be something, something um, like that. Laverne. Well, he's from where wherever Wesley and Chuck Person and. I think they're all from one little well, area. But what you're saying about Dante going back to Laverne and being a badass, I would pay. I want to see. I want to see Dante Hall walking, strolling through downtown Laverne, wearing a Kramer's Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> Joseph from the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> now that that's what he needs to be, and I would think that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, you know. When uh, whenever somebody asks me, hey, do you know where that little town is called Luverne? I say, surely. You get it? Yeah, I'm, I'm now getting it. I didn't get it initially because <laughs> it was so bad. 
<laughs> but then I got it after like one second. It took a full second, and then I got it. Okay, I got you. All right. Well, I, had I mean, it had to be said. I, got, I, I, want, I want a good plaintiff's case out of uh, Laverne. I represented somebody injured in an accident up there. So I, I was driving. It was about three years ago. I was driving to Laverne about once a month for about four months until I got this uh, plaintiff's case settled. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little familiar with, with there because I would uh, I would drive it. Not a, lot, not a lot to do up there. So I would drive up there. My client had lost uh, a limb and I would uh, go to his hmm. home and uh, and hang out and, and talk about his case and and uh, and visit with him and his wife. And and then I uh, I wouldn't stick around in Laverne. There was not much to do. I would have to uh, hit the road back to Baldwin County. It's about a uh, two hour and 15 minute Two, I'd say two hour drive from Baldwin County. People are going to think they turned it tuned into the Apple Maps podcast. If, you're getting <laughs> stories like that. if anyone would like directions to Laverne, just DM me. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take a break, Jimmy. When we come back, we're going to talk a little football. So, Jimmy, it looks like the SEC has said um, the start date is going to be officially August 17th. Um, I don't know what for practice, which I think is fine. Um, I'm going to tell you I'm solidly, and I mean really solidly in the camp of football season ain't happening now. I mean, if it happens, really? I'll be thrilled to death. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. solidly in that camp because the NCAA Board of Governors, whoever the hell they are, apparently are about to meet tomorrow. And the the universal thinking is, that they're going to say they're just not going to be fall sports. Now they don't, they don't rule over football. They rule over everything else apparently. And so if they say that, um, I just feel like the optics of playing football are going to be very difficult uh, for, for uh, the sport to, to go ahead. And it just tells me that maybe they know something we don't, that things are actually about to get even a little bit worse or just not get better uh, quickly enough. And at the rate some people are dropping out, Jimmy, did you see Jordan Hancock, who had committed yeah. to Clemson, he, and then now he's committed to Ohio State, but Alabama gave him a hard look. He's decided to opt out of his senior year of high school. There's yeah. also been the kid, uh, Caleb Farley, I believe, from uh, Virginia Tech, who's already opted out. There'll be some more people opting out. You Bateman, can bet on that. The, Will uh, they be from Alabama? I don't know. Bateman, the uh, wide receiver from Minnesota, who is a uh, potential first-round pick. Oh, he uh, Rashad was Bateman. Yeah, he's uh, he's opting out, and uh, he's a first round pick. So, I think Alabama people, regard, and and you could be exactly right. Nobody's playing college football. I'm certainly not ruling that out, but I do think people ought to prepare themselves also for an announcement. Uh, and no inside scoop. As, as a matter of fact, my official prediction would be that no Alabama players opt out. That that's what I believe. But am I going to be shocked? Of course not. Of course not. If we have. Players that uh, believe there'll be first-round picks opt out. Players with uh, family members at home who are high-risk opt out. Players that have no chance of getting on the field this fall and don't want to risk that for sitting on the bench all year, uh, they could opt out. We shouldn't be surprised, nor should we hold any ill will against any player that opts out. We, We need to assume it's likely to happen, though my prediction would be that Alabama doesn't have anyone opt out because well, it's kind of unsaban like you know the pack and meanwhile the pack 12 is having all these issues about players potentially striking um <clears throat> we talked about that a little bit last week or on Monday's podcast i guess and 
you know, look, I, I'm, and here's the other thing that struck me as kind of odd is that like everybody at ESPN did some kind of poll of their own writers or did some kind of grouping of writers where they put together a paragraph or two about what they think about the Pac-12. And every one of them was like, yay for the players. They found their voice. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's great. Let's all just not have jobs anymore. Because, you know, again, I don't mind if the players want to, you know, feel like, okay, we need to flex our muscles a little bit. But in the end, right now is just, I think part of this is because everybody has been cooped up and we've all had too much on our minds and idle time, uh, uh, idle hands are the devil's plaything or whatever the hell that saying is. And so when you when you sit around and stew about things, you're like, yeah, they are screwing us. And you forget how many good things you're getting out of this football deal you have. Now, see, you might not get as good of a football deal at Cal as you do at Alabama. But, you know, hey, trying to get better and you can go to Alabama next time or or at UCLA <laughs> and LSU, whatever you however you want to do the uh, the comparison. But my point is, I don't mind players trying to bargain a little bit for, hey, we do want to do this name, image, and likeness thing, and we want to speed it up. To say you need 50% of the revenue, I mean, hold up just a minute, fellas. What the hell are y'all talking about? Yeah, they buried the lead, and uh, I think really may have done more harm than good with that um, myself. And, and again, I want the players to get a fair deal, and I, I think name, image, and likeness is well overdue, and I'm curious to see how that shakes out but i'm certainly glad for the players that that change is coming i think where the players made a huge negotiating mistake if they made this all about their health and safety and said look you know you guys are doing this for money we all know it you're doing it for money that we're not going to get we're, we're, we're only paid in the form of scholarship and and and, and room and board that's what we get and, and y'all are doing this for money because because y'all need the money and yet who's on the front lines here, you know, who, who's risking their health and the health of our own families, whoever we, we would bring this disease home to. And uh, if they'd have made it about health and safety, I think more than 50% of the country, if not 60% of the country would have been like, hey, we need to listen to these guys. We're, they're sort of getting the raw end of the deal. They don't have a voice and they're the ones being exposed. And, and, and that's a raw deal. But then they throw in, oh, and we want 50% of revenues, which is a shakedown and ridiculous. I mean, it's just patently absurd that they would, th- and, and to me, it ruined the whole moment. It ruined the moment. Well, not only that, Jimmy, they could have accomplished. They could have accomplished something. Instead, they just ruined it. They also said, "And we want you to fix the social uh, inequities in our country." <laughs> oh, okay, oh. Coach Gary Patterson, or you know, <laughs> Coach Mike Riley, or whoever, if he's still coaching. Hey, get off your dead ass, uh, Mike Leach, and go fix all this shit. <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's, what do you want these guys to do? They yeah, they make a bunch of money, and yeah, but I mean, football coach, it's not like Nick Saban just rolls a football out there every Saturday. Nobody works harder in the state of Alabama, maybe not in the country, than Nick Saban. Now, if you want to say nobody's worth $10 million a year, that's on fine, whatever. You, you have a different line of thinking than I do. I think Nick Saban's worth every penny and then some. But, you know, he, he works his tail off and it, all these coaches do. And in terms of being on the front line, the coaches are right there with you too. And they're usually the ones that are older and much more susceptible to uh, having some kind of damaging risk from coronavirus. Correct. So look, my, my point is, and we're up against the point when people start quit listening to the podcast at 30 minutes, they've told us, so we got to wrap this up. But um, 
this is a topic we could talk about all day long because I, I just think in typical left coast fashion, I think they overshot the runway here. I think you're absolutely right. Hey, if they had gone into this with some, really some good intentions of negotiation, instead, I mean, they go in there saying, we want everything and that's our starting point. Well, you know, that's, that's not a starting point then. It's like, look, I tell my wife this all the time. My wife loves to use the word amazing. She goes, that's amazing. This, that dress on her is amazing. This, that, that yard you mowed looks amazing. I'm like, if everything's amazing, nothing is. Yeah, yeah there's no, if the, if the starting point is so bad, you can't start from it. It's not a starting point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they just didn't, uh, I mean, and, and immediately, as soon as they, and, 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 and we're not playing until this is done. And then five minutes later, Jake Bentley at Utah is going, uh, I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Yeah, I didn't so come it, over it here. Just, <laughs> right. I didn't right. come to Provo or wherever the hell Utah to sit on my dead ass. I didn't come to Salt Lake from from Opelika, Alabama, and and uh, to to sit on my ass. I'm not doing that. So, all right, Jimmy, we'll wrap it up. But tomorrow, hopefully, the SEC comes out with a schedule, right? I've heard the rumors that it may be tomorrow. Uh, I, I I can't swear to that that that's true. Multiple people have told me that it's tomorrow. I texted someone in great authority. Who did not return my text? But I'm choosing. I'm choosing. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe. That's how we know he has a lot of authority. That's, that's exactly. That's how you know this person was over my head to text. I just happened to have their number. I uh, texted this person in great authority. Uh, are we getting a schedule tomorrow? And silence is either because he's treating me like a stalker, or I'm choosing to believe it's uh, he can't confirm that for me because he knows I'll blab. So. Uh, no response. I'm taking no responses. We're getting a schedule tomorrow. <laughs> he might be on the phone with the FBI right now, however, <laughs> telling them, give a guy a podcast. He thinks he can text me. <laughs> All right, buddy. Roll Tide. We'll talk tomorrow. Roll Tide.